Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Ike, they've been rocking with us all season long. Super Bowl 55 has come and gone, but you can still place wagers on things like where will Carson Wentz wind up? Where does Deshaun Watson wind up? Bet online is the place to be. It's crazy. Regardless on what sport it is, you can always go to bet online. You know what I'm saying? Regardless on what the wager, how much, how less, if it's a guy jumping into the stands in the Super Bowl, you can bet on that as well. Bet online pretty much do it all when it comes down to the category. So again, I want to thank Bet Online for rocking with us, Mark and I, since day one. Ike, I'm going to have to get up to speed in the other sports because I've been so plugged into football. But betonline.ag, always available online and on your mobile device. Visit BetOnline today. Cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. Ike, we're going to get into our breakdown of Super Bowl 55. You were there, but we want to start today's show. Two Steelers will be in the 2021 Pro Football Hall of Fame class. Alan Fanica, a teammate of yours while you played for the Steelers, and also Steelers executive Bill Nunn, both will be in the 2021 class for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I know at least Alan Fanica has been a guy we've both advocated for to get elected, and he'll be actually inducted later this year in August. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on your teammate receiving that honor. Man, it was about it was a long time coming. You know what I'm saying? Last year when Troy, I thought he was getting in last year with Troy, but timing is everything. Um, Alan Fanica, uh, we called him red because he's red head. You know what I'm saying? He was one of the first guys, the first offensive lineman. I knew one who was that smart. Two had a bright IQ. Three could have played any one offensive line. Um, he was the one that, you know, for Big Ben, kind of spoiled him at the time for those couple of years. He was the one that could have called out a corner blitz coming from the opposite side. He was the one that was making the checks for the office, offensive line. Like, Alan Fanica was a rare breed, by the way, he was a he was a stiller. I mean, he got down and dirty whenever he needed to. You know what I'm saying? So red, for me, kind of kind of opened my eyes into talent can only take you so far in the NFL. You really got to heighten your football IQ. And once I saw red football IQ in training camp, you know that that made me think and made me step my game up to a whole nother level. Not as a Hall of Fame level as red but it just helped me along the way in the course of my career. So shout out to Alan Fanica, AKA Red, a long time coming, getting into the Hall of Fame. Now we want to talk about another front office guy, Bill Nunn, Coach Bill Nunn's one of, one of the first guys. So you got to give a shout out to the Rooney family for bringing a, a black, if you want to say, GM slash, you know, guru when it came down to, to getting guys from black colleges. You know what I'm saying? The Lin Swans, the Mel Blunts, 
and, and others, the mean Joe Greens and others at the same time that started this dynasty thing with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know what I'm saying? So RIP, Bill Nunn, I had plenty of opportunities to talk to him and pick his brain, which I did. I was one of his faves. So I, that's, that's, that's saying a lot for me. Like a lot of people, if you don't know, if you can just research or Google Bill Nunn working for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he was like the pioneer who started, you know, going to small black schools and, and, and getting guys and taking chances. And of course, you know, six Super Bowl later, the Pittsburgh Steelers coming down the tunnel. So a shout out also, RIP also to Bill Nunn on that aspect. Bill Nunn was responsible for in the 1974 draft had five NFL Hall of Famers and the Steelers draft four alone. Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, Jack Lambert, and Mike Webster, all who go down in Steelers lore. And so he was responsible for all of that. Getting four Hall of Famers in a single class, that's absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, say it again, four Hall of Famers in a single class. So just say class of 1970. You probably drafted at the time they had a lot of draft. So let's say you drafted 10. Four of them go to the Hall of Fame. That's very impressive. Now, we ain't even talking about the ones after that. We just talking about one class. So we ain't even talking about the classes that, that Bill Nunn kind of orchestrated. You know what I'm saying? So, man, that's very impressive. Uh, and you got to have an eye in the net for that. Mark, I looked at Bill Nunn. Like, you know how there's barbers who never went to barber schools. There's mechanics who never went to school. They, they This is just what they do. Like, you feel like God just dropped them on earth to do this. I feel like that was Bill Nunn. He just dropped Bill on earth to be a hell of a scout and evaluator and know what guys to get in these small black colleges. As far as Alan Fanica goes, Ike, do you have any stories from either practice or training camp where – he's pulling around the corner and blocking a defensive back where you're just like, oh my gosh, this guy 300 pounds plus is coming my way. You have any good stories about Alan Fanica in practice and what he was like? No, I mean, when Red, when Red pulled, it won't really him pulling. It, it was more, Alan, it was more of him knowing everybody who was coming. Like he just knew, he just knew body language. Like you wasn't, you wasn't fooling, you wasn't fooling Red. Like, here come the cross blitz, and it's like, dang, he, was he in a huddle? Or here come Ike on the corner on the on the cornerback blitz, cap blitz left, cap blitz left. Like how he see me? He's sitting on the left side of the offense, but he see me all the way over on the right side. Like how do he see that? The man just the man just had the, he had the knack for it. Like you couldn't you couldn't fool Red. Like if 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 Red wanted to play quarterback, if he had to own him play quarterback, he would be surgical with it. But Red playing on the offensive line, man, like I said, it just really it heightened me. And he was a and he was a Louisiana boy, so that made it even better. Us Louisiana guys at the time, we was thick, we was thick on the Pittsburgh Steelers in those days, and we always kind of stood together. So that was always a good thing as well. Speaking of former Steelers players, Ike, several won a Super Bowl on Sunday night in Super Bowl 55. Right. Head coach Bruce Arians for the Buccaneers. Your former teammates, Larry Foote, Antoine Randall, Byron Lutwich, Antonio Brown gets a Super Bowl. I wanted to give you a chance to, you know, give them a shout out and everything too. But to be a Super Bowl champion, what that means, it's a, it's a great accomplishment. It's a great accomplishment for some of those guys who have made that transition from player to head coach as well. 
Hey, Mark and Mark, that was a good segue. I like that. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Coach B.A., Bruce Harris, for hiring young black brothers, former players. So uh, Larry Foote was a former inside linebacker for me, won a Super Bowl with him. Brian Leftwich, we acquired him from, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brian Leftwich stepped my game up. So picture you get a first round draft pick, but he's thrown on the scout team and he's telling you as a corner, everything you need to do or work on. That's what I was fortunate enough with. He just so happened to be the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks that just won the Super Bowl on Sunday night. Antoine Randall L. If everybody know what happened in the Super Bowl against Seattle Seahawks, Antoine Randall L. Through the, through the reverse to Hines Ward, Hines Ward wind up catching that thing. Now what led to that was the Ike Taylor pick. From, <laughs> <laughs> that's if, if anybody know before that reverse pass, the Hines Ward from Antoine Randall L. Ike Taylor called a pick at the Super Bowl. So shout out to Ike Taylor. A young Ike Taylor. Third year starting Ike Taylor. Goody. So Goody is like the slash assistant head coach, offensive coordinator, offensive line. And Goody been with BA for a long time. You know what I'm saying? So uh, they said Monday, eight o'clock in the morning, right after the Super Bowl, Goody was breaking down tape to get ready to talk to the coaching staff on seeing how they played in grading plays. That's what good coaching staff do. But I just want to give a shout out to Coach B. Also, B has an assistant coach, a female coach on the team as well, and have a assistant head coach, which is a female on the team as well. So shout out to Coach Bruce Harris for just hiring former athletes, I mean, former professional players who he played with and giving them a chance to coach. Got to give a shout out to Antonio Brown. We've been talking about Antonio Brown in a bad way for a long time. Antonio Brown got out with Tom Brady. Tom Brady kind of, ain't going to say kind of, Tom Brady took him under his wing. A.B. kept quiet. A.B. caught a Super Bowl. Touchdown pass from Tom Brady in a Super Bowl and wind up winning a Super Bowl. So that's five people I know on that staff who I played with or, or have coached me. So major shout out to B.A. and everybody who, who got a ring on that coaching staff. And also, Leonard Fournette. I got to give a shout out to Leonard Fournette, New Orleans guy, of course. You know, first round draft pick didn't work out well with the Jacksonville Jaguars wind up going, you know, before the season started to Tampa Bay Bucks. And if you look at that playoff run, Leonard Fournette was one of the key guys who helped them have that push for the playoff run. So shout out to to, to Foe. That we'd like to call himself shout out to Foe New Orleans kids. So just want to give a shout out to the Tampa Bay Bucks, man, and BA for winning that Super Bowl, man. It was exciting to be at and it was fun to watch. All right, Leonard Fournette. Any team could have had him 400 yards, four touchdowns in one postseason. Here's who he joins in that company. It's some good company. John Riggins, Terrell Davis, Marcus Allen, Larry Fitzgerald, Thurman Thomas, Hakeem Nix, Jerry Rice, and Emmett Smith twice. So some pretty good company to be in. And any team could have had Leonard Fournette after the Jags got rid of him. So you wear many hats. You're a two-time Super Bowl champion. 12-year veteran, undisputed speed king. I've said that you're a psychic. Maybe you're a time traveler. This is why people need to listen to the Believe in Steelers podcast. You told everyone what was going to happen before that it did. Credit Byron Letwich and Bruce Arians because Tom Brady had a clean pocket to throw from. He was only pressured four or five times in the game. Whereas on the other side of the ball, 
Patrick Mahomes had to scramble behind the line of scrimmage close to 500 yards before throwing the ball because his two starting tackles were out. Other injuries along the offensive line. I'm telling you right now, in the first game of the 2021 season, the Chiefs are going to get back like four of their five starting offensive linemen that didn't play in Super Bowl 55. And you said this last week previewing the Super Bowl. You said any team is going to have their hands full already as is with this Bucks front four of Vita Vea, Nadama Kinsu, Shaq Barrett, and JPP rushing any opposing team's quarterback. You're going to have problems even if you're fully healthy trying to protect your quarterback against those guys, let alone if you're playing your backup players to try to protect a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. And that was really the story of Super Bowl 55. That was exactly what happened. So shout out to you there because you hit the nail on the head, Ike. You really did. You know, we're talking about MVPs and you asked me last week, like, Ike, who, who you think your MVP going to be? And I said, Tampa Bay Bucks defensive line. You know, that's, that's just how I was looking at uh, the situation. Just looking at him on tape, seeing how Patrick Mahomes have been playing with that turf toe, seeing how, I'm going to say this word in a, in a good way, seeing how ignorant their offense, KC offense is, meaning they just going to play how they want to play. They don't feel like doing 10 to 15 play drives. They like them five play drives that will get them to the touchdown ASAP and 80 yards. And Coach Ty Bowles saw that, and he was like, I dare you to try to run the ball, and I dare you to do 10 to 15 play drives. It's something that the Kansas City Chiefs don't like doing. You know what I'm saying? And, and if you looked at it from up close, even on TV, because I was there, man, Clyde Edwards-Hillard could have had, had a field day if they just would have stuck to the running game early. You know what I'm saying? The score was 7-3 to three early, and they wind up shifting over to running the ball a little bit, and they just got they just got away from it. You know what I'm saying? And, and then you call you call a few timeouts on, on Tom Brady before half. Tom Brady wind up throwing it. I think it was third and two to Gronk on the sideline and take, taking a shot deep, get a pass in the fairness. Now it's fourteen to three. You know, but then coming back at halftime, you still have an opportunity to get in the ball game, but you just want to air it out. It's hard to air it out when you're missing you know, two starters, two key starters on the offensive line. You know, you usually got to keep somebody in, either a tight end or a back, keep them in to have some kind of help. But Ty Bowles and the Tampa Bay Bucks defense, they knew, man, we can get to Patrick Mahomes with only rushing four so we can have extra guys in coverage. They knew they had two linebackers that can go from sideline to sideline. They knew they was getting their studs back at safety that didn't mind hitting nobody, new plays, and have a high football IQ. They knew if they wanted to run cover two, they had tall enough corners to if Patrick Mahomes wanted to throw the ball, they had to throw it over their six-foot corners. They knew Tyreek Hill is, is fast, but he's not as tall, so the ball got to be perfect. You got to drop it in the bucket every time, Patrick Mahomes. They knew Ty Bowles and the Tampa Bay Bucks defense that they couldn't be surgical in taking their time and slicing the defense up. They had to go for the big cut, Kansas City Chiefs offense. And it just wasn't going to work. And Patrick Mahomes got out on JPP a few times until Ty Bowles told him, hey, man, you keep messing up this rush, man. I got to sit you down. Patrick Mahomes early converted like three first downs off scramble. And all of them was JPP fault, trying to be nosy and sticking his head up inside the offensive tackle instead of staying on the outside and having contained. 
And that's what Eric Bieniemy and Coach Andy Reid have to go back. We got to settle our team back down to 10 to 15 play drives if an opposing defense is going to play cover two on us. They have to. They have to be cool with the 20, 24, 21 games, they, especially when you're winning. You know what I'm saying? And, and I always felt like Kansas City was on borrowed time anyway. And I felt last year when they did win the Super Bowl, P. Holmes didn't play a good Super Bowl. He didn't have a good game. I thought Damian Williams should have got that MVP of that game. Same game, Super Bowl. Patrick Holmes didn't have a good. So he's going to play well throughout the course of the season in the playoffs. But if you just look at facts and stats, his stats ain't well in the Super Bowl, regardless on how talented or what you or what you want to call him. So I saw something. I saw something in the, the warmups. Me, me and my son was in the warmups, and I saw a few of KC receivers dropping footballs in warmups. And I said, "This ain't." I say, "Pooh." I called my son. My son name is Ivan. I called him Pooh Bear because he like one in the pool. I said, "Pooh, this ain't good." They too relaxed. It's it's a difference in the body language from being confident. And just to relax. You looked over there at the Tampa Bay Buckside. They was confident. They wasn't relaxed. You can tell they was ready. You know, then throughout the game, I just didn't see the same body language in KC that I saw the game before. When they played Cleveland, I didn't see the same body language. I didn't see the same enthusiasm. I didn't see the same, hey, man, we about to come, come back. And what I was telling some of the owners I was with in the suite was, don't take the score out of it. Which sideline is carrying the best body language? And they all agreed. The Tampa Bay Bucks is carrying the best. And this one, it was seven to three. The Tampa Bay Bucks is carrying the, the best body language. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's just, it was fun to see. For But I, I caught early and I wanted to tweet it out and I should have. Man, the body language and the warm-ups don't look good for KC. I should have I should have followed my first mind. That's what I should have did. Well, like I've got you here because Antoine Winfield Jr., when he was coming out of the draft, a rookie, gets a pick in this game. He had a pick earlier in the postseason as well. Any of the Believe in Steelers podcast listeners, go back, check the tape. He's a guy who I asked you about ahead of the draft, and he was the first person you mentioned. I told the listeners about Devin White when he was coming back from injury mm -hmm. and the importance that he had, eight tackles and an interception as well. Right. Jack Barrett also had a great game. If you just look at the stats, you say, well, only one sack for Shaq Barrett. He had a season-high eight pressures on 41 right. pass rushes. So I was thinking about this because Tom Brady wins the MVP, and we can't say enough about the culture that he helped create and to turn around a Buccaneers team that went 7-9 and nine a season ago. But – what does a defensive player have to do to win Super Bowl MVP? Because you hold the Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes to zero touchdowns in this game. Ike, on the TV broadcast, they had the stat where this was the first time Patrick Mahomes hadn't scored a touchdown in a game he started in the first three quarters. It was his first start of his NFL career that he's lost a game by double digits. So... I mean, hats off to Todd Bowles and the entire Buccaneers defense. I don't know what one individual guy you would award the Super Bowl MVP to, but to me, the story of the game was 
how the Buccaneers defense just dominated. And like I said, Mahomes was running for his life. Everything was off script with him. And he's a great off script passer, but you can't conduct an offense where every play you're scrambling, running for your life. And it's not a play that's on script where you can step up into the pocket and execute a play how it's drawn up instead of running around and trying to be more, you know, play how you would in the sandlot or in a backyard. You just can't, you can't execute an effective offense that way. And to me, that was the overarching story of what happened in Super Bowl 55. Todd Bowles looked at the receiving core and said they got a track team. They meaning the Kansas City Chiefs. They got a track team at the wide receiver position. This what they don't have. They don't have jump ball receivers. They don't have receivers that will go up and get the ball. This is easy. I'm about to put a top over the roof, which is cover two, two safeties sitting high. Make sure they don't get anything deep. And I got enough tall corners and, and linebackers to where Patrick Mahomes have to throw over these guys in zones, tips and overthrows. But when you don't have a jump ball possession guy, these games like this, these cover twos, it's an easy win for a lot of for a lot of teams. You will see the Vikings, they will play KC like that if they play them. Temple, they will play KC like a lot of your cover two teams, guys who don't need that rush four to get to the quarterback. That's exactly what they're gonna do because they know they don't have any jump ball receivers. Speed, I will put this track team, I will put the receivers against a lot of countries when it comes down to speed in the Olympics, <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs. But when you put when you put a when you put a top on the roof and you take the convertible off and you make that thing a hard top, because you know ain't nobody about to bust out that hard top. They're really not jumpers like that. It's gonna be a long day for for, for Patrick Mahomes and company. So I I'm guessing they're gonna find a receiver or a tight end that can go up and get it. They're going to find one in this draft. Ike, you win the analogy of the podcast. I will concede that for this episode of the Believe It Steelers podcast. That I, I can't top that today, but that's terrific analysis. A few things really quickly, and, and we'll move on as we start to wrap up today's show. Do you think we saw Tom Brady's last Super Bowl win? He's got a whole week. He's won seven, 43 years old. He said he's going to come back next year. He'll be 44. But we know how hard it is to repeat as Super Bowl champions. The Chiefs were unable to do it. Brady's Patriots in 03-04 were the last team to do it. But I would imagine father time's got to catch everyone at some point. And the Buccaneers have several key players that are due to become free agents. I'm talking about Leonard Fournette. I'm talking about... Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Shaq Barrett, Nadama Kungsu, Levante David, a lot of the key players and key contributors due to become free agents this offseason. I think we might have seen Tom Brady's last Super Bowl win. He's the undisputed GOAT and one of the best. But what do you think? You think he can do it again? Out of eight of those guys, key guys, four of them going to come back. And the reason why four of them coming back, because they want to play with Tom. Coach Bruce Aarons makes the atmosphere so easy to play ball in. They said he was he was easy in Arizona. He's even easy. I'm talking about the atmosphere. 
he's even easier to play for in Tampa. So it's, it's, it's like, and Tom Brady, my quarterback? So I'm going to get me a quarterback by the second or third round, sit on the time, see what we can do with Tom Brady. One. Two, Tom coming back. If Tom wants to play year to year, I'm going to make sure Tom play year to year. Two. Out of eight of the players you just named, four of them coming back. And four of them, I think they're coming back because of Tom and B.A. Four of them. We forgot about draft picks and free agency. We saying all these guys leaving, but you still forgot about the free agency. Who want to come play with Tom? Because they were saying that last year. Like, and Dominican Sue could have left, but he was like, Tom coming? I'm sitting. I ain't going nowhere. So think about the guys in free agency. Be like, I just saw what TB12 did over there. Man, I'm about to go mess with TB12. Like, I'm cool. I'm cool. You get these veteran guys like a Pat P, who already played with all be like, man, I'm cool off the money. Man, let me try to go get this chill. So I'll give you, I'll give you here are the three favorites to win Super Bowl 56. I'll give you the Bucks, Packers, or the Chiefs versus the field. I'll take the field because I like Buffalo. I like the Rams. I like the teams in the AFC North. Again, we know how hard it is to repeat as Super Bowl champions, but if I gave you, say, the Chiefs, the Bucks, and the Packers versus the field, would you take that group of three or would you take the field of the rest of the 29 NFL teams to win Super Bowl 56? Man, I'm taking, I'm looking at the Bucks again, bro. Because you can always, and I hate to say this, running backs are disposable. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go in the draft and get your running back. If, if Fo want to come back, he can come back, for sure. You know what I'm saying? He, he can come back. But if you want to get you, you, you still have, Jones ain't bad. Jones, Jones the two ain't bad at all. So you can understand how he going to feel with him, nothing but a baby. He going to come back and Fournette wind up and go and get some money. You can just drive another running back. You already got Godwin, you got Mike Evans, and you still got Miller, who really didn't play because of because of AB. So AB probably gonna want to go get his money. You know what I'm saying? If there's a market for him, if not, he's gonna come back. Then you gotta look at Devin. Devin coming back, they, Devin, that's gonna be one of their major signings. They they're not letting him go. Ain't no such thing as test free agency. Come back if you want to. You ain't going nowhere, bro. You one of them dudes who ain't going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? So Tom makes it that fun and that easy. All Tom need is a Tom like, man, y'all give me 18. So hold on. All I gotta do, all I gotta do is score over 18 points. And I got a talented team, and we probably get some more talent with this for agency and draft picks. I'm good. So they probably go D-line, quarterback, offensive line, again. They miss OJ Howard. OJ Howard, first round draft pick. We forgot about OJ Howard. OJ Howard, great Robert Kowski. Pick your points. Which one you want to check? Mike Evans, Godwin, A.B. Miller. Ike, you said it best. We still have a long way with free agency, with the draft. And let me give you some of those key dates. So, The franchise or transition tags, that'll start on February the 23rd and go through March 9th. March 15th is when the legal negotiating window begins before the official start of free agency on March the 17th. Then we've got the draft starting on April 29th and concluding on May the 1st. So it's going to be a lot of moving parts this offseason for a lot of different teams. And so we'll see what happens. Again, it's really, really early. The Chiefs are out to be 
the early favorite for Super Bowl 56 at plus 500. So not an overwhelming favorite, but a favorite. And we'll see how all that shakes out in the upcoming offseason. It's going to be really fun to watch. But Ike, I do want to get to as well. We have to, this being the Believe in Steelers podcast, Aaron Donald winning Defensive Player of the Year over TJ Watt. And TJ Watt's brother, JJ Watt, advocated on his behalf and pointed out, put a side-by-side statistical comparison. TJ Watt had more tackle sacks, tackles for loss, pressures, quarterback hits, pass defenses, and interceptions over Donald. And I've gone back and forth on this because if you look at statistical merit, J.J. Watt's got a great point about his brother, TJ. But I looked at what happened in the playoffs when Aaron Donald didn't even play a full game is an absolute game record despite going up against double and triple teams. And in the playoff game the Steelers had against the Browns, the Browns' right tackle, Jack Conklin, goes down with an injury. Kendall Lamb, who's the team's fourth-string offensive tackle, comes in, and he's not able to take advantage. And that, to me, shows to why Aaron Donald wins the award of what he can do despite facing double, triple teams, game planning around him. And T.J. Watts, not to take away from what he's accomplished as a player, but if he wasn't going to win it this year, I don't know what more he has to do to win it. I've gone back and forth with this, but you're talking about different tiers of players. I think Aaron Donald's one of those guys who's just an all-timer. You can shut it down right there. So the reason why I tell people is, you said what I was about to say. I said he just finished wrong. That's all it was. Take the stats out of it. Between TJ, between TJ and Aaron Donald, when it came down to playoffs in the last three games of the season, Aaron just finished stronger. And that's all the people looking at. Okay, heck with the stats. And TJ did miss a game. You know what I'm saying? So I, I get I get that part. He did a lot of missing one game. The stats is better than Aaron Donald. But you still got to look at Aaron Donald. He's still the interior defense alignment. You know what I'm saying? So he's always getting double. There is no letting him go free. So you got to understand how hard it is being interior down. On the outside, what T.J. Watt did is it says defensive player of the year. If you look at T.J. Watt and look at his stats, it's, it's, it's saying defensive player of the year. But the people who are giving these awards out are like, both of these teams in the playoffs, who are more valuable to their team, for their team in the playoffs? And you got to give it to Aaron Donald. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not saying I'm not saying you got to give it to Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald deserved to get that award. For me, regardless on whether it's TJ or Aaron Donald, one of them would have won it. I ain't mad at none of them. Like I would have got it on both sides. But I just think the people who give these awards out, they looked at the finishing part on Aaron Donald. The way Aaron Donald finished, because he was hurt, bruised ribs, cracked ribs, lungs, all that good stuff, and still managed to be very disruptive. You get TJ that's, that's playing Cleveland, which they're not Cleveland anymore. We, we got to stop talking or stop thinking like the old Cleveland Browns. But in the back of your head, you're still thinking Cleveland. Okay, TJ, what did you do in the playoffs against Cleveland? That's what they're looking at, the finishing part. And I agree with you 100%. So you, you basically took the words out of my mouth. I was about to tell you just cut the show off because you were saying the same thing I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, and I, it was great to see JJ advocate on behalf of his little brother. But TJ Watt's his own dude now. So when we're talking about TJ Watt, Right. Unless 
JJ comes over from Houston and joins his brother on the Steelers, like let them be their own people. Like I'm so sick of having to say, oh, JJ Watt's little brother, like TJ Watt's an all pro edge rusher in his own right. So let's get there. So Ike, I know you got to go to the Super Bowl with your son, Ivan. You got to share that with him. I wanted to provide the platform for you to share with the listeners what that experience was like getting to share that with your son and getting into taking the festivities of the Super Bowl in Tampa, Florida at Raymond James Stadium. Man, you you know, I like to talk about time. Like regardless of how much money and what you can do for your kid financially, what kids really remember is the memories and the time that you put in with them. And, you know, me and my son, that's what we talked about. We talked about three mile walk going and coming from Raymond James Stadium to the parking lot. We talked about us getting up early in the morning, going to Starbucks and, and, and getting some, some tea and a bagel. We talked about, you know, the plays and what we was wrong and what we was right and watching the game for the Super Bowl. We talked about 2027. And 2027 is, you know, the year he feels he's going to get drafted. We talked about, we, we, we talked about we missed football because of this pandemic this year, me coaching him and him having fun and going through the football season. We talked about him growing six inches in height in less than five months. We talked about his shoe size. We talked about girls. We talked about his homeboys. We talked about everything. You know, me and my son, we we really never have a one-on-one because it's either with his mom, my mom, his, his grandma, his cousins and everything else. But you know, just over this pandemic, we have gotten closer and going to the Super Bowl, it was more like one-on-one. Plus we right down the street from Tampa. That one number like an hour drive. So that was even better. So, man, it was just like the bonding time, you know, and I always talk about giving time back in the community, one, in the neighborhood, two, but just giving, just kicking it with your son, man, is is it's just, it's just, you know, I, I put his phone in in the truck, so I listen to all his music, ask him who his favorite rappers are. He gave me three of his favorite rappers. I was like, okay, cool. That's just, that's that's the young man personality. So it was just it was just good for me. He was like that. Like you really about to lay in bed with all your clothes on and just your shoes off. And I'm like, yeah. He was like, wow. I mean, <laughs> I said, bro, this this how I sleep sometimes. When I don't feel like moving, this is this is what I do. I, I have my 412 jacket on, I have my jeans on. The same outfit I went to the Super Bowl with, with the same outfit I went to bed and woke up with. Same outfit. I know he's been to the Super Bowl games that you played in, the last two, but you told me he wasn't old enough to remember them. He was just too young at that point in time. What was his reaction when he found out that you'd be taking him to this year's Super Bowl? Oh, uh, he was speechless. Um, shout out to, to to the Rooney family and Omar Khan for giving my son and I them tickets. We gotta make sure we put that out. Man, he was speechless. I said, bro, I said like in a sarcastic way, like, bro, guess what the hell we about to do for the Super Bowl? He was like, what? We got tickets to go. He was like, no. I'm like, yeah. So where we sitting at? I said, man, you know, we sitting in the box. He was like, no. I was like, yeah. So it was, it was fun, man. It was, it was good. Had a great time. Did you see any of the chickens in Ebor City in Tampa, Ike? 
No, I didn't. I mean, we went straight. We went straight. Okay. It's a different part of the city in Tampa. Anyone who's familiar with that area would know that, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ebro, yeah. you know, I mess with Ebro because I'm a cigar smoker. Oh, yeah. Speaking of cigars, make sure y'all go check one of a kind cigars on my Instagram. I got a nice Sumatra stick that's real smooth. I'm getting good feedback from it. And they're going like hotcakes. I'm glad you did say something about Ebor City. I got you, Ike. I got you, Ike. Any final thoughts before we sign off here? Man, want to give a shout out to Bet Online AG for sponsoring and rocking with Mark and I since day one. You can bet whatever you want to bet. Again, go to Bet Online AG. Want to give a shout out to Believe in Steelers podcast. Want to give a shout out to the Believe podcast. Got to give a major shout out to my dog, Mark Bergen rocking with your boy since day one i same goes for you likewise and to the believe podcast network super bowl 55 might have come and gone but we've got a huge off season so stay tuned to the believe in steelers podcast in the coming weeks we've got a lot planned for the show as free agency gets underway as we get up leading to the nfl draft there's going to be a lot to talk about. I know we're going to have some guests on here this offseason too, Ike. So there's a lot yes. ahead on this show. It's always a pleasure recording with you. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your shows. Take care. So long, everyone. And we will see you next time. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.